0: Welcome to WeChat Divorce, hosted by Karen Chalou, Legal Liaison, and Katherine Shanahan, CDFA. Each episode, we sit down with divorce professionals and industry experts to provide insights and frank discussions about real people, real situations, and real divorce to help you achieve your best life post-divorce. This episode of WeChat Divorce is brought to you by My Divorce Solution helping you secure your worth and protect your wealth in divorce.
1: Welcome to WeChat Divorce. Catherine and I are so happy today to welcome Tracy Malone. In this episode, we're going to discuss divorcing your narcissist. But first, let's meet Tracy. Tracy Malone is an author, speaker, educator, and international emotional resilience coach. She is a survivor of abuse herself and the founder of Support.com that's a mouthful. Tracy has a popular YouTube channel and podcast that has reached millions of survivors. Her best-selling book, Divorcing Your Narcissist, You Can't Make This Shit Up, is one of the books she has written. Welcome, Tracy. We're so happy to have you today. Thank you so much for having me. It's an
2: honor. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I got to tell you, I'm I'm jumping out of the gate here, you know, and I, I have a feeling this conversation won't have any certain direction, but it's going to have a lot of directions. I actually have your book. We get sent a lot of books. I don't get to read them all, but this one, I started it early this morning and I'm like jumping all over the place. I can't wait to dive into it. It's a great book, Tracy. I love all of your post-it
1: notes in there. <laughs>
2: I am a post-it note girl, so I don't want to take over the whole podcast by reading from this book, but I have a feeling we're going to invite you back on to cover some more sections of it. Perfect. Perfect.
1: So let's just start out with an overview, Tracy. I think that would be good to have a background and, uh, you know, just a foundation on what we're going to discuss
3: today. An overview of what we're going to discuss or what it's like to divorce a narcissist. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that one in the same? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it, it's not like a normal divorce and it's, you know, when people are, are going through a normal divorce, you agree amicably or even maybe not, but you work towards the goal of, you know, doing what's right for the family. Normal divorce people don't necessarily do the tactics that the narcissist does. The tactics are, you know, like over the top and and sort of midline i mean there can be just the normal hiding assets and you know the the stonewalling the the projection the normal things but when you get into a, a malignant narcissist you know these are the people who call social services on the other parent they have them arrested they have them committed all in goal to get more kids or, you know, more time with the kids or less, you know, payment. If I've got the kids more then I don't have to pay her as much. Right. So the tactics get amped up so quickly and it is to destroy. There is no other reason but to destroy the person that they are against. And whether that's financially, emotionally, or even parentally, where they are just going to challenge you and, you know, tell, false allegations about how bad of a parent you are when you were the only one that took care of the kids right it's it's heartbreaking for the victims and frustrating
2: because you know the truth and to stand there and, and have your truth being uh, attacked and you can't tell your story because that same person who could be attacking you is also doing this to other people by being so nice so the other person who they're befriending to attack you thinks that oh this is a nice Guy or girl. You know, it's there are narcissist women out there. So we're not picking on just the men, but it's true. So, you know, their game actually, they think they're winning that game. Yeah.
3: And they they often recruit family and friends, you know, with the 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 geist of concern. I'm so concerned about Tracy. You know, will you tell me what her, you know, it's sort of gaslighting to try to find out the intel on you. They're just master manipulators and they will use anyone and any means to take you down during a divorce.
1: One of the most vulnerable and emotionally traumatic events of your life to have to face that is is extraordinary and and definitely needs some help. I, I know a lot of our clients, I spend time prepping them for court just from a financial perspective and helping them understand that even though their history with their spouse is premised upon what they said equals the truth Mm
0: -hmm.
1: or equals everyone believes them, doesn't mean that that's how it has to be. So Mm -hmm. helping them become confident with what they have and what they want and what their options are and staying in that space, irrespective of what's being said Mm -hmm. is very empowering, but it's also very difficult to get to that space.
3: Absolutely. And what you guys do with the financial piece is so important because I'm not going to say 70%, I'm not going to say a number, but a whole lot of victims of this type of abuse have been financially abused through the the relationship where they had no access to, to money, to credit cards. They don't know what they have in retirement because they were never privy to it. So like that discovery is such an important part and it makes victims feel Helpless. I don't know what we have. They're asking me to fill out these papers and I don't know. Right. And and they just want to throw their hands and they, the, the narcissist makes it so frustrating and so tedious that many of them just walk away and go, I can't fight. I don't want anything. Just let me out. And, and that doesn't serve them either. So what you guys are doing, helping them prepare is gold. Thank you for that. And in in, in support of that and what, what you do and what we do, I, if you allow
2: me, I'd like to read a section of page of your book. Sure. And it, it's great. It's on page 17. If you have this book, if you don't have it, you should buy it. So I'm just going to read from it. So obviously I'm completely endorsing your book here, which you don't hear me too often. Do you carry <laughs> No. Yeah. Okay. So here's what Tracy writes. It has been said that the best offense is a good defense. If you're able to avoid being blindsided, you can retain a small advantage in the courtroom. Even if your ex surprises you with a scenario you hadn't specifically prepared for, you'll have thought through enough situations that you can adapt on the fly and modify your reactions accordingly. You will not be the deer in headlights that they're hoping for. You have a plan and your power is indestructible. We talk about this all the time as it relates to financial clarity, which is Karen and I stand strong in making this movement of financial clarity. And it's specifically for that. And it's not even just the courtroom because, and it's not even your narcissist spouse. It's also the attorneys, the process, other professionals But when we work with you to know and understand the components of your estate, and you're able to know what your options are, and you're able to compromise, you're able to adapt on the fly, like you write in your book, to make these decisions. You're prepared that, you know what, there may be one, two, or three choices, but you're able to make one of those choices with the knowledge and the confidence because we provide you with that clarity. I I really resonated big with that paragraph. Karen, I know this is probably the first you're hearing me read this and I'm sure you have a little input
3: there also. <laughs> well, you know, the, 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 key behind divorce to the, 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 the person involved in it is battling the fear, the fear of the unknown, the fear of what am I going to do? Where am I going to live? What's going to happen with our kids? There's so much fear. So my goal in the book is to get you to shine the light. What are you afraid of? Let's find a strategy. If this happens, I'm gonna do this, right? We're not going in blind. I was completely blindsided during my $100,000 divorce. We were fighting over 25. It was ridiculous. One thing after another, I was playing defense the whole time and I don't want people to do that. So you go in and go, if this happens, then I do this. You prepare financially in, in smart ways and you don't let what they're doing emotionally take you down. You have to learn to, to regulate yourself so that when they do these things, you don't just shut down and freeze and, and can't function anymore.
1: Right. And I call it standing in your truth. And it, you know, you can add to that truth, but even if you only know a little bit of truth, you can stand in that place too. I just had a situation this morning where the marital settlement agreement is coming out for a counter proposal from the spouse and the spouse has had it for weeks, a narcissist spouse holding things up. It comes over to our client and they want it the next day. Here it is sign. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Well, we're looking through the agreement. There's a lot of holes in the agreement. And, you know, and I, I try to help the client understand, look, they've had it for weeks. You need time to review it. You need time for your accountant and your other financial professionals to work through these things with you. So you deserve that opportunity as well. And it's okay. Divorce is not an emergency. We're not in an emergency situation, even though spouse and their counsel's calling every day and your attorney's calling. And by the way, you don't need to pay, be paying your attorney for him to chase you because they think it's an emergency. Mm -hmm. So she crafted an email. I helped her out. And then her attorney wrote back, I agree. You need time, you need space. And while time is of the essence, I understand. So can we talk next week? Thank you. And now she has space to think it through, get the advice she needs, and for him, her attorney, to answer her questions. So I think that's very much in the space that you're talking about. You know, whatever space you can hold for yourself in your truth, it's okay. It's okay to hold that space for yourself.
3: And, important. and what you're talking about is bullying, right? They don't give anything for years sometimes. Like, I mean, it's stonewalling it's, it's hiding assets. They're getting their ducks in a row. It's all behind the closed curtain. Right. And then as soon as they give you something that, that pressure, that demand, okay, now you get this in tomorrow or I remember an entire trial because I had given 5,000 sheets of paper financially, all the records that they asked for. And on one American Express, which was like page nine is blank. We forgot the page nine blank, even though it said page nine is blank. And they were like, you didn't give that. I'm like, you were in contempt of court six times for never producing one paper, but I'm missing a blank paper. And you guys are going after me in a trial. Like that's the craziness and the difference between a normal divorce.
2: Yeah. You actually cover this in your book on page 102. If you have the book that I love, because as Karen mentioned, we deal with this all the time and I, you know, we tell people all the time, take pause. You said constantly remind yourself that the divorce process is slow. When you're in the middle of the nightmare, you want the pain and fear to just go away. But the reality is that the process is slow. There are multiple hearings, mediations, and procedural processes that take time. And I think what um, we're all saying here is that if you're going through this process, you have control over that time as well. You know, you don't have to jump up and respond just because you're being asked that you don't have to always engage So take that pause because you need it, especially in bullying scenarios. Absolutely. Gosh, I could just go through the
1: whole book. (laughs) It's so good. One of the other areas we um, wanted to cover is what are the gray areas of a divorce decree, Tracy?
3: That's a big one that's huge and that is my favorite part of the book and i gathered i don't know i think there were over 2000 people who submitted the tricks that were pulled on them and you know in most of them the the, the divorce and was over and the the abuse continued so because these gray areas. And I was like, wow, if we had just done this, I went to court with a a client who was, it was two years after the divorce. Her husband had been ordered. It's in the books. I'm not telling secrets. It was in the order. It was in the, the court order that he sell a property and give her $300,000. Well, I was there two years later, she had spent $20,000 chasing him down to get him into that contempt of court. But of course you have, you know, motion to compel motion to comply before you get to contempt. So it's years and years of her not having that money and spending $20,000. So when her lawyer stood in front of the judge and said, judge, we're asking for legal fees. She shouldn't have to pay. He was ordered to do this two years ago. And the judge literally put her hands together and said, I would love to, but it wasn't in the original decree. So we need to put a clause in there that if they don't comply and I have it in in the gray area section and it's called the what if they don't clause like we don't even think about like it just said oh you won he pays for college don't worry about it right the lawyers are thinking it's a normal person that will comply, but with a narcissist they don't and so what happens is, you know, everything from parenting plans the normal you get them Christmas this year I get them next year, if you look at that dynamic. I've had other situations which are in the book where daddy took the kid, Christmas Eve took the kids and wouldn't return them for two weeks. She's calling the police. She's like, and the, and the, and the police said, I'm really sorry, but it doesn't say when it ends. So Christmas pickup is at this time. You have to get very, very specific in everything. If they owe you money, when is it due? Not just random pay her or pay him You know, 60 days, When does 60 days start? Because I've had a thousand customers and clients that go, you know, it says 60 days and it was signed on this date. Isn't that 60 days from there? How come they're not doing it? I mean, really get by this date at the specific detail that you need in a a decree like this is going to save you from that post of legal abuse because they're not going to comply.
2: And, you know, that holds true for even if your spouse is not a narcissist. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, my spouse would never do that to me, you know, everybody promises everything during the process. But once you sign that dotted line, all promises could be out the window. So just having it written, having your legal language, because that's where I did not have the financial clarity. Sure, I'm a financial and I had all the financial clarity that I needed to make negotiations. But when it came to protecting myself in that agreement, I was unclear. You know, and, and true, you just want to get to the end point because you think you're okay. So having that extra language in there, we see this time and time and time again, you're just over it. You're done. You want to be done. Your attorney tells you it's going to be fine. Your mediator says it's covered, but if it's not in black and white,
3: it is not covered. And again, Even, yeah. yeah, legal recourse. If it's not in black and white. If there's a date, now they're in contempt and she would have had two years of him like being in contempt instead of the battle just to get there. Right. right so right. we have to know all of these details. Daddy pays for college is another example in the book. Great. We, we win. What does that cover? My client ex and, and, and friend, ex-neighbor, like daddy paid for college. Yay. And they were very wealthy. The kid gets into Brown and he goes, No. I was thinking the local community college didn't define it, right? And then she had to take him back, spend more money and fight for what was already in the decree. So laying it out that college, if it's, if you get it in there, which is rare, but if you get it in there, it covers tuition and it has a budget of this much. If you want to go that far, It, you know, it covers food, it covers travel, it covers books and computers, lay it out so that you are not fighting another battle years from now. That's such a
1: a great point. And a lot of attorneys don't want to get into the weeds that much. They just, you have an agreement, let's get it signed. We don't want to lose it. You don't want to go to trial. Let's just get it signed. We don't have time. I was just in another situation with another client regarding the attorney's fees, where it said, if, if husband doesn't comply, wife's entitled to attorney's fees. This was specific to our client was wife. And so I'm on the phone with the attorney and client. And I said, can you please explain to her that if husband complies the day before the hearing, that she will not get attorney's fees? Can you help her understand that? Mm -hmm. He did not want to explain that to her, but people miss that. It's because they're usually written. If you go to a court of law, then you'll get your attorney's fees. But most of the time, the narcissist or the spouse will show up and comply just short of the hearing date, then what are you going to do? Then you're still out all that money. And, and, and sometimes-
3: yeah. and, and lawyers promise you all along the way, oh, don't worry, they'll pay your legal fees, know your rights and know the possibility. I was told that the whole time I was getting a divorce and nope, I didn't get We it. hear that all the time. It really
2: infuriates me because when you hear that your fees are being taken care of or they're promising that will happen at the end, of course, they don't put that in writing, but you're calling them all the time because you're thinking your spouse is going to pay for this at the end, you know, and then you get to the end and you're stuck with this bill. Well, you did do, make the phone calls. You did ask for certain things because you thought that you should, and you thought that you weren't going to be responsible, but here you are, you're responsible. And it has the same holds true with even financial negotiations. Mm-hmm. Oh, we won't worry about that. Now go ahead. It's okay that this spouse took that or took this. We'll even it out at the end. Well, it gets to the end. it doesn't get evened out, you know, and everyone gets really upset. and that you know, it brings me to another part in your book. <laughs> let me find. It. I think I should probably go on tour about your book, right? That works. <laughs> <laughs> but this is
1: great. And I mean, Karen and I he- hear this all the time, let me do- all the time. And it's very rare. and i I can probably say maybe one time, Has it ever happened that someone would get attorney's fees for their divorce? Sometimes they get it, you know, in the beginning, but that does not play out. But it's part of the sales when you're interviewing the attorney out of the gate. The sales pitch is very different than even your second appointment after you've engaged attorneys many times it's just a whole different relationship and it's a whole different conversation.
2: I don't know the exact page, but I do recall reading a section and it's preparing for the divorce. And it, it says, you know, take what's legally yours according to your state out of the bank account. So if you have a checking account, take half that account and establish your own account. Mm-hmm. We have told people that they could do that because their attorney said in their state, they can do that. And it's interesting for me, the, the narcissistic spouse, doesn't even ask an attorney or anybody else. They just do it. But when we hear from the other side, okay, are you taking that amount so that we can put it on your portrait, what you're taking as an advanced equitable distribution, they are will not do it. They are so scared to do that, even though it is probably their money and maybe even more so. And so I loved how your book advised to go do that if it was appropriate, because you need that access to it. And sure, you might get your spouse angry, but if they're doing it, you could do it. Of course, timing for me is always something big, but don't be afraid
3: to protect yourself in that way. And, and again, lawyers have a mixed feeling about it. They may tell you, don't do it, let's not you know, poke the bear. And yet while you're sitting here being, okay, we won't poke the bear, they clear the whole thing out. And while they're doing that, they may give you like, here's a thousand dollars for your food. So they're giving you this budget that is now you even have to force the courts to make sure that you have your, you know, mortgage or your car or your insurance paid. They take it all. And then the victims are sitting there going. Well, I don't want to get him mad and I don't know if it's really mine because of the gaslighting. Gaslighting in a a narcissistic divorce is, you know, sort of crazy things like, you know, if, if you divorce me, you'll get no money. I'll take the kids away from you if you divorce me, right? And it puts them in that state of fear. So taking out and clearing out half of a bank account is so scary to them because they've had so much trauma with this person.
1: Right. And sometimes they even run into trouble when they go to the bank to actually uh, make the transaction mm-hmm. because the bank doesn't want to get involved. And we've often had to help people say, well, it's your account too, and help them, you know, walk them through that transaction because sometimes the bank will take a position that it's really not okay to take or appropriate to take. And so it's, it's so interesting. And so you touched on the emotional damage that victims suffer in a
3: narcissistic divorce. Can you expand a little bit on that? Sure. First of all, every every situation is different because the spectrum of narcissistic abuse can be different through the relationship and then even through the divorce. So, you know, while some people are dealing with a daily barrage of verbal abuse and gaslighting and control, you know, others had it sort of nice and went, okay, but they've got this nice side, right? So there's this spectrum of of what can happen to you and, and what kind of wounds and injuries you get from this, right? Just having, you know, this lack of of self trust, lack of decision making, lack lack of strength to to stand up for yourself. They're living in fear, and if they do this, they know there's like something going to happen to them. So victims deal with, you know, the emotional ride of fear. They go through anger. They. Struggle emotionally through the whole process to be the point where they might be under the covers and not want to come out for months. And until they look at what the wounds were in their situation. And again, do we need to learn about fear? Maybe are you struggling with fear? Do you need to learn about how to set better boundaries? You know, when you're going through a divorce with a, a narcissist, you have to remember. If you've got kids, you still have to learn to communicate with them afterwards. So, you know, in some ways the victim is going, well, I don't want to poke the bear now because we've got 18 years of this, right? And I know what they're capable of. It's almost this umbrella of fear to know that it could be for the next 18 years. So they just shut down. So having a coach, having a therapist, having the financial people, having a team is going to help you look at that, right? The the coach and the therapist are going to look emotionally. How do we get you through this? How do we build back your self-trust decision-making and fear? We look at all of the wounds that were created so that, they can make it through safely to the other side. You know, I love when I get, you know, a divorce client and they're sitting there, they just did this. And I'm like, okay, well, they're doing this because... And then it takes away a lot of the charge instead of, why are they doing this? Well, they're, they're calling you a bad parent and, and maybe calling social services because they want to pay you less or they have a goal in mind with every tactic that they use. And when you can understand that and simplify it to dilute it to that level, it takes away some of the personalization. Like I'm doing something bad. Oh, they're just trying to get their way. I have a, a theory in the book called the dumbass theory, right? Expect them to do these things. Stop being shocked by it, right? I mean, we'll still get that initial, oh my God, are they really doing this? But if, if you have a friend that always does the same thing or your brother, they always do the same thing. We just go, oh, well, it's just them, right? Holding what they're doing to you in that level of removing yourself from the situation and going, yeah, of course they're doing it. They've got a means to an end. It doesn't mean I'm really a bad parent. I have to fight for it now. But at the same time, when a a parent, And a mom, for example, just is like, he's saying I'm a bad mother, oh my God, and and they've gotten all my family to turn against me, you know, then they're isolated on an island without a place to, to really understand, no, you are a good parent, and you can prove that in court, so don't let what he's saying, his tactic completely stop you in your tracks know your truth understand it and know the law because people don't even look at like the parenting guidelines for every state I have that on my website what is the guidelines before you listen to their gaslighting about you have no rights learn your rights by looking at a simple document and it will make a lot less crazy making
2: yeah, I have a lot of experience both personally and professionally in this area, which is probably why I'm so into your book. But, you know, I, I train myself to, to realize, and I try to tell other people this as well their actions want to cause your negative reaction. So if they're telling you that they're going to take your kids, your horrible parent, they're hoping that you lash out like a crazy person and that you become so defensive that they can say, aha, see, you are a crazy person. Or they say, I'm going to keep the pension because you never worked a day in your life and this, nobody will ever give it to you. But when you have the knowledge that that pension is at least 50% in yours, because it was either earned or obtained during your marriage. So it's a marital property. You don't have to respond. Your reaction can simply be what I love using is that's interesting. You know, if you say back to a narcissist, that's interesting. They have nowhere to go with that, or that is your opinion and you're entitled to it, but my opinion may be different. What are they going to say? Your opinion is, is worthless. No, everybody's opinion is worth something, but you just don't have to react, be as reactive to them. So don't let their actions cause negative reactions because that's what they're hoping for. That's how they tell their friends and their family that you're crazy, or you're doing this, or you did that because
3: they're trying to ramp you up. Yeah, absolutely. I have, I have a part in the book about recording the narcissist if it's legal in your state, which feeds into what you're saying here, when they push you and and bait you into a reactive abuse situation where you're like defending yourself, but you look like the crazy one, they often record it. And while that will never necessarily make it into court, It is what they show your friends and family. See how crazy she is, look, 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 right? And so being mindful that that can always be used against you. Again, not necessarily in court, but there's a a second part if it is legal in your state to know that what they are saying and you're recording it is also a protection for you. I have a part in the book. I was arrested by my last narcissist and he recorded the whole conversation but then didn't submit the conversation. He edited it, edited it and cut it seven times. And like, where's the part about this? That's not true. That's not what happened. It was his own like testimony. It was fake. And if and when I went to the police and said, that's not where, you know, he, he edited it. I went to like sound audio people and they're like, it was cut in these places and the police didn't care. They said, if you had the original recording, then he would go to jail for tampering with evidence. I wasn't uh-huh. there to record it, but think about the situations in your own home where they can accuse you. I have so many people who have been arrested in my support groups. I never have less than five in a group that have been arrested by their narcissist, men and women so if you had that original recording like i was just talking about you can prove oh look what they did even if they're they're recording you and giving you that recording to your family and friends, you can go, you know, this is really the whole recording. So again, it has to be legal in your state, but protect yourself. It's not necessarily going to go to court, but if they lie and say you did something or have you arrested and say you did it, I I know somebody who walked into her house and he smashed his face into the wall, called the police and she lost her kid Mm -hmm. for a year, right? If you recorded that and, you know, it, it would be evidence against him. And she wouldn't have spent a year in jail.
2: Yeah. And that's, that's so sad. And that's why you have to journal everything. I totally agree. You know, and I also like, that's why you brought up the divorce team a little earlier. Who are all your professionals on your team? Because know who to go to. Instead of lashing back out to that spouse or whoever's driving you to that madness, you know, go to your coaches. You know, talk to your coach about it. Go to your therapist if you have one and talk to that. And and then come to your financials. I mean, that's why we have the financial portrait. It's almost like a baby blanket. It's 30 pages long, but it has all your questions answered in your considerations. And so when they say you're you're not getting this asset or you're not getting that, you can actually look in your portrait and say, okay, I've got my security blanket here. So I'm just going to let now my attorney take that over my mediator and let them answer these questions. It's such a good, succinct way of handling a narcissist. So I'm so glad that we, we have this combination of resources for our listeners.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: Absolutely. Tracy, can you talk a little bit about your services, um, how people have access to you and what they have available through you and also about how to get your book?
3: Sure. So book is on Amazon. It is on Kindle. It is on Barnes and Noble. And as of Sunday, I have submitted the Audible mm-hmm. and that will be coming out when they approve it. It's 13 and a half hours. It's 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 a lot of material, right? I have my website, narcissistabuse support.com, where I have a whole section on divorce resources, like those parenting plans or guidelines for every state. There's so much on the website, whether you're going through a divorce or just learning is this am I with a narcissist? Right. I coach people and I coach people have a map behind me of the world. And I've coached people all over the whole globe and whether it is for divorce or just trying to understand it. I also have support groups that are here in person in Colorado. And I have a support group, two of them online every week with eight women. And we go through the process and we actually learn to heal in it. So it's not really a pitching session. It is this is what happened. What does that mean? I'm group coaching. And then we're taking in like last night we did inner child to try to find yourself. So there's always that. I also have a support group with about 15,000 members that, you know, 24 seven, you can be like, Oh my God, I just got this email. And somebody on the other side of the world will be up at two in the morning and will answer you and validate what you're looking for. So that's that's the Tracy wagon.
1: That's amazing. (laughs) Wow. Thank you for your great work. So this concludes this episode on divorcing your narcissist with Tracy Malone. Thank you so much for a great conversation.
0: Thank you for having me. When clients come to us, they are usually full of fear, guilt, anger, or overwhelmed at the prospect of a divorce. At My Divorce Solution, we know the complexities and pitfalls of divorce can feel insurmountable. What you need now, more than anything, is clarity and a light shined on the path ahead. That's why my divorce solution created Divorce You, a Divorce 101 course that illuminates the divorce journey ahead. You won't find support like this anywhere else. Divorce You demystifies divorce, an easy, self-paced, and comprehensive guide for your upcoming divorce. Take the guesswork out of your divorce today. Find the course syllabus on our website at mydivorcesolution.com. Thanks for joining us on another episode of WeChat Divorce. We hope this episode was informative and supportive on your divorce journey. If you are looking for more support for navigating divorce with confidence and clarity, head over to mydivorcesolution.com for more podcast episodes, divorce events, and resources for your divorce. We'll see you back here for our next episode.